From JMI Wealth, Andrew Kelleher, welcome to the week. Yeah, morning, Mike. These um, employment numbers look pretty solid, don't they? Robust is the mm. word that I would use. It was actually quite starts of the week, Mike. We've got UK and US markets closed um, overnight, yes, but we got a read on employment yesterday. These are the New Zealand employment indicators. These are figures for April. Now, our, sort of, our go-to benchmark numbers for employment are, are the quarterly numbers that come out of the quarterly employment survey and the household labour force survey. But, you know, quarterly numbers, it's really a long time between drinks, isn't it? So this series is a good interim number to get. So, as I said, robust would be the word that I'd use. Not dissimilar, actually, to the picture we saw out of those quarterly numbers um, which were released in early May. This data comes from IRD, so it comes from tax numbers, and it delivers what's called a filled jobs measure. Now, that filled jobs measure lifted a seasonally adjusted 0.6% in the month um, of April, and that takes annual growth to 3.8%. That was 3.5% previously, so jobs growth is sort of accelerating, and it was higher than expected, and that 3.8% growth rate is the highest we've seen in this series since January of last year. So it begs the question, you know, what's happening here? Isn't the economy supposed to be slowing? Aren't we potentially in a recession? Well, the most obvious suggestion I would have thought is that we are seeing the impact of migration, very strong migration, lots of people coming into the country. And now for the first time in a while, it's actually providing labour supply to jobs that have been hard to fill. You've actually got real people able to be employed. Now, I haven't got anything to substantiate that claim, but I don't think it's an unreasonable assumption. It's not a particularly recessionary outcome, exactly. though, is it? Um, the big hires were accommodation and food services, up 12.2% compared to last April, and we'll have to make do with these uh, these numbers because we, we don't get the quarterly labour stats until early August is uh, the next time we get an update on that. Could it be that Adrian Orr might be wrong? Uh, anyway, that's for another day. The debt ceiling, yeah. so they had a deal, now it's cemented, and now what are we standing by for the vote? Yeah, to vote. So it's still going to be a big topic this week, Mike, because it's, it's not over yet. So over the week, we had the announcement that a deal had been reached between Biden and Republican Speaker Kevin McCarthy. Unfortunately, it is only one step in the process, albeit a vital and very important one, because the, now the deal has to be approved by the, by the House, by Congress. And of course, you have to deal, deal with the fact that this is a compromise. So unfortunately, compromises sometimes leave everyone potentially unhappy. So my understanding, Mike, is that the deal has to go through both chambers. Uh, the deal suspends the debt limits until January 2025, and it caps spending in the 24 and 25 budgets. What that does mean is that you won't have this drama again next year. So it sees you through that. Now, hardline Republicans don't like it. I think DeSantis has criticised it in the last 24 hours, but it does look like the moderate Republicans will support the deal. So you've got a 99-page document, I believe, here, and representatives have to, have to have 72 hours to read the text. But I just want to sound a sort of, maybe not a note of caution, but just an acknowledgement of the implications of this deal passing. Because if it does pass, and we actually assume it will, it's being reported that there's potential for the US Treasury to then subsequently sell upwards of $1 trillion worth of Treasury bills by the end of the third quarter to replenish those Treasury cash balances that have been run right down. That's an awful lot of, of liquidity, of pressure on liquidity within the US system, potentially raising funding costs for companies in the private sector as well. So yes, you get the deal, but then there are implications of it. And 
That is an awfully big number, Mike. An yes, it is, and we'll watch with a great deal of interest. Speaking of numbers, what are they? Yeah, well, the US markets are set to close. So just as a reminder, on Friday, the Dow Jones was up 1%, the S&P 500 1.3%, the Nasdaq uh, was up a whopping 2.19%. They haven't traded overnight. Neither has the FTSE 100, which gained three quarters of a percent. I can tell you that futures trading overnight has been positive. So a positive reaction to that uh, that debt number. The Nikkei uh, was up 1.03% overnight, 317 points, uh, 31233, 31,233. Shanghai Composite was up just over a quarter percent, 3221, the close there. Yesterday, the ASX 200 gained 0.88% closing at 7,217. And the index 50 gained 0.89%, 106 points, 11,954. Kiwi dollar uh, will buy you 0.6054 US, 0.9258 Aussie, 0.5652 Euro, 0.4898 pounds, 84.97 Japanese yen. Gold is trading at $1,947.49 and Brent crude $77.07. You have a good one